Welcome to Trust Matters, the podcast, where Charles H. Green, CEO of Trusted Advisor Associates and co-author of the best-selling book, The Trusted Advisor, answers your questions and offers wisdom on how to build stronger relationships with clients and colleagues. Hi, everybody. It's Charlie Green uh, again. And before we bring on Jason for our letter of the week, I'm proud to announce a special guest today, Andy Paul. Andy is an old dear friend and one of the major sales experts, particularly in B2B selling in the world. He's the founder of The Sales House, which was the first all-in-one sales learning accelerator for modern B2B sellers and sales leaders. He is also the author of two best-selling Amazon books, including my favorite, Zero Time Selling, as well as Amp Up Your Sales. He's got a top-rated podcast called Accelerate. I think he's like number eight or so, or number five, I don't know, in LinkedIn's top sales experts. And uh, I will testify, I'm sure he's number one in terms of best read. Andy Paul knows more about the field of sales than anybody I've ever spoken to. So I'm delighted to have Andy as the first expert guest on this podcast. Without any any more say-so, Andy, welcome. Charlie, thank you for having me. uh, uh, My pleasure. So Jason, I want you to tee off our, uh, our latest letter. Andy and Charlie, here's the question from Nora. I'm a new project manager at a large professional services firm. I've been asked to give a presentation to a client about a lead that came in from the sister division of one of her other clients. Now, normally my boss, who's the relationship manager, would be leading the pitch, but he wants to give me the practice, which I appreciate. However, I'm a little bit terrified, and here's why. The lead came in through our existing client, but neither she nor my boss knows this potential client very well. Now, I know something about this business sector from a project that I worked on years ago, but I'm far from an expert. Of course, we do have some experts within the firm, and I've reached out to them to gather more intel. But my boss wants to make sure that I pitch the firm's credentials, and he isn't giving me any guidance on how to deal with my limited expertise. So how do I think about this pitch? I'm concerned about not knowing the client's business, not knowing how to sell the firm, and, if I'm honest, I'm nervous about looking good in front of my boss. Andy, over (laughs) to you. What do you have to say to Nora? Run and hide? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, so her boss is putting her into a bit of an impossible situation, right? And so I'll tell you what I would do from this is, and I've been in not too dissimilar circumstances in the past. That's why we have is I would do what made me comfortable. And so what I would default to doing in that case is asking questions, right? Because I wanted to understand something about them. So I had a context for anything I was going to say from a pitch perspective. Granted, they have an ongoing relationship. And you really, given the fact that it's a sister firm of an existing client, how much do they really need to know about you? They know about you anyway, right? Right. So, so pitching your capabilities seems like sort of a waste of everybody's time. So why not sort of try to impress your boss if that's sort of the path you're on is to say, well, let me yeah, provide some, some demonstration of my expertise by asking the right type of questions. And so I, I would default to that. And the reason I think I label it sort of an impossible situation is that, you know, people are laying their expectations on you, but at the end of the day, you're ultimately going to be judged by how you perform. And so I think if you do a good job of actually connecting with the customer and showing some empathy for what they're going through and learning about their goals, desires, ambitions, all that, 
who cares if you pitch? You've learned more valuable information than you would through a pitch, which is just broadcasting, right? So why yeah. not why not be interactive and gather information? And then you're doing something you're comfortable doing, right? You'll feel more comfortable asking those questions as opposed to standing up and giving a canned pitch that you have very little context to give. Let me let me go a little deeper on some of those things. I totally agree with you, by the way, the importance of, of doing what's comfortable for you, who you mm -hmm. are, given the level of knowledge you have and don't have. Right. Asking questions is never a bad thing. Creating connection with a client, never a bad thing. I totally agree that you, most of the pitch stuff they already know anyway. So don't do that. Any advice on whether to have pre-pitch conversations or or not? Or well, I, I would. If she could reach out to the people she's going to be speaking with and, and meeting with, then yeah, I would do that. Not just rely, unless you don't have the ability to, but if you have access to those people, you know the names, and you can reach out and establish some sort of connection beforehand, I would do that for sure. Right. Uh, right. Oftentimes in this type of scenario where she, she's sort of being set up, <laughs> you don't always get that, right? Because people are so protective of their territories. You know, I don't want you talking to those people without me being on the phone, you know, the relationship manager or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, if she has that contact information, she asks for it make those connections. Yeah, I, it just reminded me of like a similar situation in another company where a similar thing was coming up and the CEO of this company was sort of on my case about how I was going to present, what I was going to present and, and so on. I, I finally just said to him, I said, you know, I could do it your way, <laughs> but if I do it that way and you don't like it, then you might say, well, let's fire him, right? He's no good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go do it the way I feel comfortable doing it and what I think is most beneficial for the company. And you can decide to fire me later, but at least I've done it my way. Right. How did that one work out? He got fired. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Unrelated to that deal, but he got, he got fired. <laughs> there, is, there is justice in the world. There was justice in the world. So well, I, I want to push back on your initial characterization that it's a hopeless task. I don't think it's hopeless at all. I think. No, I was just saying it's just yeah. it's being somewhat facetious, right? It's, it, right? There's so many things working against her. Somebody she doesn't know, is, you know a fill in for somebody that normally would do it. Uh, yeah. Well, all those things are probably obvious to the to the potential client and or can be made obvious to them. And you know, clients are people, they have feelings, they understand the sure. situation and can appreciate it. No harm in being being candid there. Let me bounce one idea off of you from my own little kit bag, what I call sure. bring a bring a risky gift. Yeah, I love that. Uh, uh, yeah, you you you've seen what I've said about that. The idea is basically to offer something up of value and insight, but you hedge it by saying, I could be wrong about this. And the truth is you have to be possibly wrong about it. It's got to be an intelligent hypothesis, which possibly could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And the client gets two things out of that. If it's a decent hypothesis, they will appreciate it. And they'll especially appreciate you acknowledging that you're not sure of this, and yet you are willing to lead with you know something nonetheless. You speak to that approach a little bit? Well, yeah, because it... It demonstrates a willingness to be vulnerable. And obviously in sales, there's this perception that salespeople want to seem like, come across like they know everything, right? That there's they're anxious if somehow there are chinks in their armor. Hey, that just makes you human. Yeah, I think from your perspective, in terms of building trust, yeah, I read something not that long ago. I forget who it was from saying that people sort of think that to be vulnerable, you have to have trust in place. And they said, no, to build trust, you need to be vulnerable first. Bingo. That's how you get there. Exactly. But yeah, right. so I think that bring a risky gift is a, is a great approach. I like it personally. All right. Anything else you have for Nora here? Yeah. If you are going to lead with questions, just like everything is practice. Even if you're going to do practice, bring a risky gift, 
try it out on somebody before you go. If this isn't right in your wheelhouse, don't you try to solve or cure or put a salve on some of the nerves ahead of time by just practicing. And even yeah. if it's just asking a question, you don't know how they're going to respond. That's fine. You know, get somebody else's opinion and make you feel a little more comfortable. You know, I found um, in the workshop work that I do, and you probably have find the same thing, everybody hates role play exercises. And yet they are so powerful, particularly in this kind of situation. Get a friend and say, listen, let me just role play this with you. Try it out. You always learn something and you mm -hmm. get more comfortable with it too. Yeah. Yeah. And so somebody will come up with something you hadn't thought of, right? Which is, it's great. You now you want people to, to do that because you don't know what the customers are going to come back and respond to. And you want to be somewhat prepared. So run through various scenarios. Yeah, I'm a big fan of visualization. So visualize how you see it's going to go. Yeah, play some what ifs, even with some of the questions you have is, you know, they could answer this, they could answer that. It may not be completely comprehensive. But again, you'll feel more calm and centered and prepared. Right. Okay, well, Andy, I totally agree with everything you said. And uh, <laughs> thank you for being so articulate. And again, thank you for being our first guest on this interactive version of the Trust Matters podcast. Um, Andy, Paul, everybody. Andy, how can people get in touch with you? You can find me at thesaleshouse.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And then, uh, yeah, you can do the old-fashioned thing. You could email me at andy at thesaleshouse.com. That's terrific. Thank you so much, Andy, Paul, everybody. Charlie, thank you. You've been listening to the Trust Matters podcast with Charles H. Green. Send us your questions about trust, relationships, and business at podcast at trustedadvisor.com. And visit trustedadvisor.com for tons of free articles, videos, and more.